Welcome to Advantaged Insight. My name's Wayne. We're starting off this year uh, with a Face of the League episode. And I know a lot of people have have, have uh, written in and spoken to me and said they really love that episode. Um, and I really want to do this one because we have a brand new AL administrator with us today. And it is my pleasure uh, to introduce Lisa Chen. How are you doing, Lisa? Hi there. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Now, Lisa is no uh, no stranger to the network. I, I believe you've been on Down with the Indie already, and uh, you are a Guild Adept. But we're going to get into all, all of that. So just really quickly before we get started, I just want to let everybody know we're going to be... I, I do know that uh, eventually inside we've had a little bit of a on and off with our, our recording schedule. I'm going to be trying to be a little more consistent with it. No promises, but you can always listen to the other shows on our network, and you can also listen to uh, Bonestone Obsidian, uh, my other podcast uh, for for Dark Sun, and also Manifest Zone, which should be about monthly or so. But now as we get into it, I, I wanted a chance to speak with Lisa because, number one, Lisa is the newest uh, AL admin. Also, Lisa is the most, quote-unquote, local to us. For the listeners know that I'm in Toronto, and Lisa has actually lived sort of in this area before. So, <laughs> by the way, p- people who don't know, Canada is actually quite large. Uh, Lisa has lived basically an hour and 20 minutes away and then four hours away. So, you know, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> but why don't we get started? So, Lisa, let's let's start with the basic question. How did you get into d and I got into D&D relatively recently. I started playing in 2015, and it was almost sort of by accident. In 2015, I'd been out of college for five years working a corporate marketing job. Um, I was running the marketing department for a restaurant company in New York, and I just hit a point where it felt like I wasn't really feeling fulfilled. I wanted to do something more creative and hands-on. Um, so I left to take a year off to just sort of find myself, as cheesy as that sounds. And one of the things I did was I was watching, I think I was watching The Guild on Geek and Sundry, and then I started watching Tabletop, and I like accidentally clicked on an episode of Critical Role. <laughs> and I was like, what is this like four or five hour thing I just clicked on? But I kept listening. And I realized they were playing D&D and it's looked and sounded like so much freaking fun. It reminded me that in high school, I had kind of wanted to check out D&D, but at the time it had seemed really complicated and I didn't know anyone who could teach me. Uh, So I went on meetup.com and I joined a bunch of local groups. I chickened out going to (laughs) sessions a few times and then finally went to my local game store. and. I just fell in love with playing D&D immediately. Uh, And the group there was really, really welcoming to me. And because I had taken time off, I just basically joined every game I could locally and online. I was essentially uh, enjoying the luxury of being a full-time adventurer, uh, wearing (laughs) lots of different personalities. And over the course of the next few months, playing D&D had kind of like reinstilled in me uh, this confidence uh, that I think I've lost in that transition from like leaving work and then suddenly having all these doubts about that and that process. I found D&D when I was in sort of a dark place and through role-playing and making friends through the games and being able to like defeat, I guess they're not tangible, but you can, you can, you can meet a monster and, 
kill it or defeat it, however, however you want, in a way that it's hard to, to do the same uh, with such uh, instant gratification uh, in your real life. And so that got me to a, real, a much more confident place. And I loved it so much. I went to a convention. My boyfriend brought me to the convention. And uh, I didn't even want to play Adventurers League at the convention. I was playing this game called uh, Call of Cat Fulu, where you're a cat. I, I know which game that is, yes. <laughs> yeah, and that was really fun. And I was like, I want to play all not D&D games. Um, but they all filled up. And I was like, fine, we'll go play Adventurers League. And I'm so glad we did. Because that was some of the most fun playing D&D that I had ever had. And immediately after that, I wanted to bring Adventures League to my local store. It was all homebrew content. Um, and I threw myself into organizing uh, just for my local community. That was like sort of like the long-winded <laughs> answer and story. I could, I could talk about Adventures League and D&D all freaking day. Well, we're going to talk about Adventures League in a sec, but you've given us a lot of information to unpack here. So let's go back. I mean, you mentioned that you'd only been playing for about five years or so, um, or no, 2000. Uh, yeah, so a little over two years. Okay. Yeah, three years. Yeah, two, three years. But you never you never played back in you know, high school or, or even earlier than that? No. I, I, actually, I don't even know how in high school I'd heard of D&D. There must have been some sort of pop culture reference to it. I played some like online MMOs, mm-hmm. but no, I never played any tabletop games. Uh, for listeners to the show, I mean, you guys know how Alex and I had originally started playing. And I've listened to a lot of origin stories of people like I was introduced really early on. But I, I, I feel that for the last couple of years, obviously, there's been a huge resurgence of D&D. And... That I mean, that's that's really amazing because I, I feel that it gives you a place uh, where people can come at it from different angles. Like you know, you're not you're not a hundred year old gamer, you know, with fifth generation, you know, uh, you know, D and D players around you. Oh, I totally agree, and I mean, I think Critical Role in particular, but a lot of the online streams have made D and D really accessible. Because uh, if you haven't played any sort of tabletop game before, even though 5e is actually relatively rules light, it can seem really, really intimidating. So watching people play is sort of this entertaining way that you can gradually pick up the rules. Um, and you realize it's just sitting around telling a story, letting the dice guide where the story goes. Once I'd started my Adventures League night, I'll just say I got so many new people walking in the door. And when I'd ask them, well, how did you start playing D&D? A lot of them would say, well, I've never played D&D. This is my first time. I brought dice. Good for you. <laughs> and they would tell me they'd started watching Critical Role or some other uh, type of show online. And all of their friends wanted to play, but none of them knew how. So they were coming to Adventures League to learn how to play so they could then go teach all their friends. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Uh, the second thing I wanted to ask about was you mentioned that you had uh, you've been playing D&D uh, in this kind of dark point of your life. And w- without going into too much details, I don't want to, to rehash uh, any bad memories, but uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, I think that's another thing that people have, um, if you've listened to some of the, the things, letters have been written into Critical Role, uh, how people have used D&D as this really positive experience. Can you talk just a little bit about that? I don't want to rehash too much, though. No, yeah, no, that's totally okay. Um, I'm luckily like now in a place where... I feel really comfortable talking about that. 
I'd spent most of my life, and I feel like maybe a lot of uh, second-generation immigrants or Asian-Americans in particular might identify with this, but I spent most of my life studying really hard, Mm -hmm. playing like a million instruments, (laughs) all towards this goal of being like going to a really good school, doing really well there, and then getting a really good job and being financially successful. Mm -hmm. And I had done on paper everything right. Uh, So when I found myself five years into a job that I was really excelling at and growing in, and I just wasn't happy, that was a really disappointing feeling to have. Mm -hmm. I think I definitely made the right choice for me leaving. I mean, I I didn't have like a family I have to take care of yet. So it was just if I'm going to not have a job for a little while, this is the best time. But I think it kind of went against everything that I'd learned before. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of doubt after that. I was really down on myself. A lot of days I would feel like I'd made a mistake. I would feel, even though I'd told myself I'm going to take this time to not do things, to just figure out just what I naturally want to do or just figure out who, who I am now, I put a lot of pressure on myself for feeling like I wasn't like jobs hunting hard enough or um, or doing enough uh, in my time off. Um, so there were a lot of negative voices, a lot of doubt. Um, and Dungeons and Dragons gave me, first of all, the structure of having games weekly and all the different games I was in. That gave me some structure to my day. Uh, just getting to be another person who has her own like flaws and bonds and all of that. Mm-hmm. That just kind of took me out of that headspace for a while. Um, But I also feel like a lot of the people I met at my store, I mean, maybe it's not true for everyone, but I felt like the people in my local community who are gravitating towards Dungeons and Dragons are all misfits in some sort of way. (laughs) So they were really open and accepting. And I know there's lots of conversations now about people in the community who are, I guess, like gatekeepers, I suppose is the term everyone's throwing around. I'm really lucky mm-hmm. uh, in that I did not come up against that at all. I, right. I found a community of people who uh, just loved that I was involved and helped give me back the confidence that I'd lost. That's an absolutely wonderful story. And I, I, I love hearing those. There's a local store nearby and uh, the, the proprietors, the owners are friends of mine. And they said, you know, We've gone from, you know, we run AL and started that program. And now these people are friends. I mean, they spend time. They leave the store because the store opens late at like 12 or 1 a.m. And they're hanging around outside going, hey, do you guys want to go get a bite to eat? And everybody goes out and gets a bite. I, I think that's a wonderful story. It's, it's something we don't hear enough of, I, I really believe. The final, final question I'm going to ask you before we kind of get into the, the rest of this, the conversation is you mentioned your boyfriend also plays D&D, which is great. We don't see enough couples playing. I, I honestly believe that. Mm-hmm. How did he get you to play? I'm assuming he played AL before you you started playing AL. How did he get you to play AL when you were so kind of gung-ho about not playing? Yeah. My, so um, first of all, I met my boyfriend at that game store. Um, and he was actually in the game uh, that I first played, playing this uh, orc named Hawk Driver who had a terrible Cockney accent. And it was really stupid and really funny. Um, so I liked him right away. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> um, Good first impression. <laughs> yeah. So he eventually uh, brought me to this convention. And I just really wanted to try other games. 
but he was really, really passionate that like he would play whatever I wanted to play so that we could game together. Mm-hmm. But he's been to other conventions before um, and loved Adventurers League so much. In particular, he really wanted me to experience an epic. Oh, yes. Yeah, which I imagine people who are listening to this uh, probably know what it is. But it's like multiple tables, um, possibly hundreds of players, all working together towards the same goal. Um, They might be in different squads that have different tasks. And as they accomplish things, it affects other tables or it unlocks other side quests that need to be completed. Um, But it's basically like the mass raid of uh, D&D. And it's a completely different way to experience D&D and also to have this like shared experience and shared terror and shared joy uh, with a room full of uh, people all playing the same game. And so I did play that. Mm -hmm. I believe it was, um, gosh, I'm forgetting. Well, it was season four. That's when I started playing. Um, So whatever epic was that season. Reclamation of Flan. Yes. uh, I flew on a griffin. It was great. (laughs) Get to keep the griffin. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But it just, it, it blew my mind. And I love, um, I like all the paperwork of Adventures League, so that really drew me. I liked logging my stuff. I liked getting certs. All of that was just really fun to tap into a completely different way to experience D&D than what I was used to up to that point. Well, that moves us really right along. So, Lisa, you are the brand new admin for AL. So tell me, how did you become an admin and kind of how did you get involved in organized play? Yeah, so... As I'd mentioned, um, after experiencing Adventurers League, I felt really passionately about bringing that to my local game store where they were playing mostly homebrew games. I tried uh, probably for months uh, to get someone else to organize it so I could just play and eventually realized that wasn't going to happen and I was going to have to buckle down and DM myself. (laughs) Once I did that, suddenly someone else volunteered. So we started with two tables. That was really fun. So even though we'd had a community of people playing D&D regularly at the store, um, my Adventures League night actually brought in mostly new players. Uh, so I've made a whole slew of really of new, now really close friends. I loved that. And none of them had been to conventions. Most of them uh, were new to D&D. Uh, and so I really wanted them to experience an epic because, as I mentioned, that's what really hooked me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I organized um, all of my lonesome, uh, the Iron Baron, mm-hmm. uh, to play uh, at this store. Uh, I was really careful about the limit of number of people per table, um, which I actually, I believe, set at five uh, because uh, the store wasn't huge. And there uh, we needed to make sure we didn't break the fire code. <laughs> so we packed that store. I had some amazing friends who are really good dms uh, so we'd show people a good time uh, we brought over uh, loads of people from all across new jersey um, and pennsylvania and i believe even a few people further than that from dc came up um, so people who um have heard about epics but maybe don't have the money to go to a convention um, or aren't sure if it's the sort of thing they'd be interested in um, so a lot of people came and it was really great. And I think there was um, one table was actually a group of people from another New Jersey game store who are a little bit spying on me to see why this girl got an epic. Uh. Yeah. Uh, but then I started uh, organizing epics with them uh, at Gamers Vault uh, in Medford, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Amazing space. Oh, my God. One side is this really great store. And then an equal amount of space is just gaming space. 
it's real, a really great space for events if people in New Jersey are looking for an event space. So I started organizing with them. And so uh, kind of, I guess, like how you are in touch with Bill a lot. I was in touch with Bill a lot. And I think I was just friendly and nice. And we became friends on Facebook. So he saw that um, I'm actually like a freelance journalist, that I do a lot of other creative things and I make things. I'm a florist. I, I was went through a soap phase and was making lots of soap. Um, so he just reached out to me one day and was like, I feel like you'd be good at this. Do you want to write for season seven? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> uh, so I started that process. Um, and then because I was writing for season seven, uh, the TRI guys gave me a shot. Uh, the Roll Initiative guys uh, gave me a shot writing a CCC for them. I guess I must have I must have done good because uh, um, I then got tapped to be a guild adept uh, by Chris Lindsay, one of the premier guild adepts. Um, I wrote some things for them. I think actually my first published D and D adventure that made it to the guild first, at least, uh, was Ruins of Hisari. Mm-hmm part of the Guild Adepts. And I guess I got to know Chris Lindsay uh, pretty well since he's sort of the father of the Guild Adept program. Uh, So when he knew he was going to be looking for another admin, he reached out to me to see if I was interested, which, uh, I mean, I've blabbed so much even just on this call, but Adventurers League basically changed my life. Uh, So if there was anything I could do to give back to the community, I wanted to be involved in that. Excellent. Excellent. So We've had a couple of the community managers on the show, especially for this. But in your words, tell us what is your role as an admin? And that's both as a representative of AL and your specific role and title. A specific role and title is probably the easiest place to start. I am the associate community manager. Um, One part of what I do is just making sure I'm supporting Alan, who is now um, like the main community manager uh, role, uh, supporting uh, whatever endeavors he puts forth uh, to me. So uh, my title in our Slack group is Alan's Minion, although he would never (laughs) let anyone call me that. Um, He doesn't feel that way. (laughs) I'm going to message Alan after this. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I suppose um, our everyday role uh, is making sure that we're interacting with the community on Twitter and on the very, uh, the two Facebook groups uh, that we run. So I'm in there approving posts, uh, answering questions um, when there's a rules dispute, kind of jumping in to clear things up with that hashtag AL underscore admin and uh, just generally interacting with people, being friendly, making sure everyone's being nice to each other. Mm-hmm. Sort of on the back end, uh, some other things that we're doing are um, like working on the website. I'm working on a content series for the blog. Before I actually became an admin, I helped put together the Midwinter Festival this past December. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one thing I'm doing is like putting together proposals for more things like that, uh, because I'd love to create more holidays and just mm-hmm. uh, shared experiences for the community online, not just at the gaming table. And you also deal with the quests, I believe. Uh, Yes. Uh, And we have the uh, DM quests, which my understanding was that uh, that's very much Robert's brain child. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm obsessed with the DM quests. (laughs) At the last Carnage Con, I had the pleasure of uh, finally meeting Robert in person. And he was very kind, very gracious, and like had a lunch with me to kind of like give me all his advice. Mm -hmm. And I think I spent half the time just telling him how much I love DM quests. (laughs) I like brought out my folder. I have like a specially printed logbook 
where I keep track of everything and I have like all my cards with me. I mostly do it just to fill in bubbles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I think I've maybe applied rewards like twice. <laughs> I just really want to fill out that card. We've spoken to Robert before about it. Robert's a friend of mine as well. So uh, that's excellent. I think uh, that's a, you're a great person to step into those shoes because um, honestly, it's you might have the, a title of associate community manager, but it, you're both associate, you're both community managers. So that's, that's personally fine. Yeah, I'm excited for season eight. If no one else calls it, I might be like, can I can I work on DM Quest? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just the people of the show know I'm a D&D insider. I know what season eight is. I know when I'll have to talk about it, but it's quite exciting. Actually, we've been doing, we, we just uh, finished the play test. So that's kind of fun. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about that off the mics afterwards. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so going through, and I know you're just kind of getting started and getting your feet wet with this, but what do you feel is your most important responsibility yeah, for the for the league? I guess there are a lot of different specific tasks and things on our to-do list, different projects that we have. Uh, but I think by and far the most important responsibility that probably all of the admins have, uh, but the community admins in particular, are just making sure we're creating an environment that is inclusive and welcoming and something that people want to be a part of. I mm-hmm. think that's crucial for the Adventurers League growing, crucial for our ability to uh, bring new people to Dungeons and & Dragons. And just as D&D is kind of becoming more popular um, and out there, just making sure that there's a positive reflection on this hobby and on this community, because it, I mean, it certainly deserves it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So getting into the more f- quick fire questions here, What's the hardest thing so far in your in your uh, first month? What's the hardest thing about being an admin? Goodness, um, probably the hardest thing for me is that I, the admins have always been uh, the admins since the beginning of Adventures League, so I'm the first new person. Uh, so kind of just getting adjusted to uh, all the processes that everybody has in place, um, and also learning. Uh, the various lore and things about the past seasons. Um, I've run a bunch of adventures from past seasons. I've not played them all. I didn't experience those seasons in their entirety the way other people have. Um, I really just jumped on uh, season four, which is actually, I guess, the first season where they kind of left the moon sea. Mm-hmm. So picking up all of that knowledge uh, is probably my biggest challenge right now. Although all the other admins are fonts of knowledge. Um, so uh, they're very generous with their information. So then now we get to the fun part. What is the most, the best and the most fun thing about being an admin? Oh my goodness, talking to everybody. I love chatting with the community. I love people who are like hardcore Adventurers League people. They're all really, really passionate. At least the ones I've had the pleasure of meeting. Uh, I love uh, chatting with people at conventions also. Uh, and I also, because I was a writer and a DM's Guild adept, I also have this whole group of friends that I've made through the online, just general D&D and design communities who aren't necessarily that involved in Adventurers League. But, but because they know me and they're now seeing I'm involved, I get a lot of questions or I'm seeing that they're more open to learning about the Adventurers League uh, when it wasn't really something on their radar before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just kind of that joyous feeling <laughs> that I'm, I'm really helping to spread the love here. 
uh, that feels really good. I guess that moves perfectly. So taking all that into account, what are you most thankful about for being an admin or just in AL in general? I think I'm definitely most thankful for the friendships I've made. I mean, I mentioned like I I wouldn't have uh, my boyfriend without Dungeons and Dragons, and we certainly grew closer through Adventures League. But all of the friends here I have in my local community, uh, the wealth of people I've met online uh, and through Twitter. Uh, I mean, this community just keeps giving. Uh, everyone's been so welcoming. I guess I'm really thankful for that too, because it could have been, who's this new girl? What's up with her? Uh, but everyone was really, really nice when I started. That's great. That's excellent. And uh that's one of the things that uh, we've we're, we're really pr- I think we're really proud of is that you know this is such a great great environment you know there there's sometimes there's it's not but for the most part it is so moving on to more personal stuff what should people know about you so before someone comes up to a convention and and comes up and shakes your hand what is something that they should know my goodness this is hard to answer because I feel like I need to say something not related to D and D but my life no for sure and all aspects so like I'm so obsessed with D&D right now just <laughs> between writing and then helping with AL it's it's my day it's like 24/7 uh, I guess in D&D I really like role playing at the table uh, you're probably going to meet me playing uh, a, a wild magic sorceress uh, named Mercy and I think just the fact that I play a wild magic sorceress should say a lot about me <laughs> and uh my goodness yeah I can't think of a lot of other things. <laughs> Just ask me questions. Come up and ask. I'm okay. Well, actually, yeah. I'm um I don't think I come off this way. I've been told I don't come off this way, but I'm really 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 shy. Mm-hmm. And I get really nervous in social situations. Uh surprise, someone who plays D&D feels awkward. So, uh I might be too shy to come up to someone else, but it will make me feel really good if someone comes up to me. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you feel shy, I also feel shy. So just come up, say hi, uh, and then ask me a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can learn something about me that way. And I'll ask you a question back. Mm-hmm. I guess a good question to start with, Lisa, is are you Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you Are you Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, the, you're the newest face of the league. So I think uh, people are going to get as, you know, someone who's been playing three, four years may not know you yet. So, but yes, that's Lisa. So... I used to be more recognizable. I had green hair, but I just dyed it. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I mean, you're going to be at Winter Fantasy, so I think that's a good place for everybody to to get in there and, and get to meet you because big D&D presence there, obviously. Yes, I will. So what do you do to relax outside of D&D? So putting D&D aside, I know that's a little bit hard, but putting D&D aside, mm-hmm. what do you do outside of D&D? Oh my gosh, I don't do a lot of relaxing these days, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, but I guess uh, I like to cook. I transitioned from working as a full-time florist to freelancing, um, which is also letting me do more time uh, writing. Mm-hmm. So I work from home a lot, uh, which gives me this opportunity to actually prepare meals like in between writing or if I just need some brainstorming time. Uh, and I love that. It's really relaxing. I love doing my mise en place um, and uh, prepping things uh, or just like babysitting, like hovering over like a pot of stew or something, <laughs> and just stirring it, ch- checking if it smells the way I want it to smell, adding things in. 
So yeah, cooking. All right. That sounds good. So next question someone asks is, can you cook for me? <laughs> that may be a little hard <laughs> of winter fantasy, but maybe, maybe Carnage. <laughs> yeah, I was actually just thinking that. The rooms at Carnage are like unreal. They're so good. They're like little suites and you have like a kitchen. And I was thinking when I was there last year that – you could basically come to this con and just play D&D in everyone's rooms. That <laughs> might even actually be more fun than in the cafeteria. Mark and TRI uh, put on a good uh, a good show and listen to the show know that uh, I, I call Mark good people and I really mean it. One of the most friendly people I know. So as we kind of close off, there's there's kind of two more things that we like we generally ask and like to know about. Number one, is there a cause or an organization, a charity that you support that you want to make people aware of? Um, let's see. Uh, so, I mean, I certainly uh, am a supporter of uh, Extra Life, uh, but probably anyone listening to this uh, is very aware of what they do. The other thing that I'm personally uh, really involved in is animal rescue. Mm-hmm. I used to be more hands-on. Um, I fortunately don't really have time to do that. Uh, but I have a friend uh, who runs her own animal rescue in New Jersey called Hope Well Rescue. And she does amazing things for cats, mostly cats uh, who are special needs. She has one cat, uh, Francis, who when Pope Francis was uh, in New York, gosh, a year ago, two years ago, not the Pope, uh, one of the Cardinals uh, was in New York. The cat just walks in the middle of his speech and then collapses like it got hit by a car or something. So they named it Francis after the Pope. But oh my God, I could blab about cats too. I won't do that. I care a lot about cats. If you're going to get one, if you have a cat-shaped hole in your family, adopt. Excellent. Excellent. Well, the final thing is uh, any comments. The floor is yours. Anything you want to want the people of AL or the our audience to, to know and, and hear, this is your time. I suppose if you're listening to this and you're not already uh, really involved with Adventurers League, um, or you do, like maybe you play. Um, But if you're really passionate about Dungeons and Dragons um, and you want to help spread the hobby, um, you want to uh, just bring more people to D&D, I definitely encourage you to check out dndadventurersleague.org, the getting started sections um, about how to start a weekly D&D night, even if it's just um, a table at your local library or at your local store once a week, um, once every other week, even just once a month. I've seen Adventurers League make such a difference in so many people's lives. I've seen it bring in so many new people into the hobby. Uh, Even if someone comes, they play for a month, two months, and then uh, they go off to play a homebrew game with their friends. I mean, it's okay if if Adventurers League isn't for everyone forever. But uh, I encourage people to help spread AL. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's good for D&D, I think. Well, Lisa, if people want to get in touch with you, contact you, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? I am very active on Twitter. People can find me there at MercifulDM, M-E-R-C-Y-F-U-L-D-M. Uh, if they want to just check out what I'm doing and D&D writing um, and, or floristry or my other creative endeavors, I have everything on my website, lisachen.com. Uh, Lisa is also spelled with a Y. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I, I definitely appreciate it. Of course, the network loves having you on as well. So I look forward, I, for those who are been listening to the show, we're going to do probably a Face of the League update uh, maybe every year and see how things are progressing with all the admins and see if there's any things that they're going to change from the last time they spoke to me. And uh, we'll have that up. But until next time, thank you so much for listening. 
and we'll speak with you soon. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thanks, Wayne. Okay. Bye-bye now.